Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro along with my colleague Chris Van Dyne. And uh, we've got some great games that we've picked out for this week's matchups. Before we get into this week's games that, we, that we're that we going to discuss, though, I just want to um, tell everybody out there listening about some of the specials we have going on this weekend. Very pleased that our NFL Game of the Month came through on that winner on the New York Giants over the Washington Redskins. Easy win. They were only laying three. They ended up uh, covering that game easily there. Co- top college total won again as well. That record is now 26. Six and eight, eighty-one percent over the last three years. And after our NFL Game of the Month winner, that improved our NFL top plays, uh, dating back to last year to fourteen six and one. That's a seventy percent clip. Why am I telling you this? Because this weekend, wanted to get you on board our top play trio. We're running a special on that. It's as low as ninety-nine dollars for if you're a twenty twenty Power Sweep subscriber. And what exactly is that top play trio? You ask. It's our top-rated late phone side selection on Saturday, our top-rated total, and our top-rated NFL play on Sunday. Again, just ninety-nine dollars. Uh, for those three plays and I uh, told you all about those college totals and that uh, NFL game of the month winner. So again, want you to jump on board and uh, take advantage of some of these winners that we're giving out, let you know about that. And um, also to get that special, got to be that 2020 power sweep subscriber. We are running a special still on the power sweep. If you are not signed up for 2020 yet, you can get it for just $69. Again, if you were waiting until next year at this same time, you were going to be paying $109. So right now it's just $69 special for that power sweep. Call us Get on board on that. The uh, telephone number, 1-800-654-3448. Again, 1-800-654-3448. You can get that power sweep for just $69. Take advantage of that top play trio for just $99. Hey, if you want to just take advantage of of our college totals, which I totally can understand, you can get all of our star rated college totals on Saturday for as low as $49. Again, just $49 if you're a 2020 Power Sweep subscriber. You can do so by calling 1-800-654-3448. Okay, now talk about uh, this week's games, Chris. I thought we picked out a nice slate of games. We're going to start off on the East Coast looking at the Pitt versus Duke matchup. Uh, go down south, Utah State at LSU in a non-conference matchup there. Then we're going to go to Big Ten country, Iowa at Michigan. Then we'll go to the Big 12 and look at the TCU-Iowa State game followed by a trip out west to the farm, Washington at Stanford, and then we'll have, our again, our special two-star that we give out each and every week here on the Power Sweep podcast. Our, our special two-star, we'll let you know what that is when we get to it for our final game of uh, this weekend. All right, without further ado, let's start it off, Chris. Pitt at Duke, you're our ACC guy. We always seem like we start with either an ACC or an SEC matchup. Uh, we've got a good one this week. Pitt three and two straight up, three and two against the spread. Duke, both three and one straight up and against the spread in that one. Line opened up 
Duke laying almost a touchdown, six-and-a-half-point favorites. The public has bet that down, however. It is now Duke a five-point favorite, and I can see why. I mean, Duke, uh, while they're favored, while they have a, a great quarterback this year who's taken over for Daniel Jones, I see that they've been concentrating more on the run game. They're doing quite well. They're averaging 194 yards a game, rushing 4.7 yards a pop. But they were held to just 107 yards uh, and under three and a half yards per carry versus this Alabama defensive line. And, uh, and while not while Pitt is not doesn't have the defensive line that Alabama does, I still look at Pitt allowing only 92 rushing yards per game, 2.9 yards per carry, and they also have uh, great pass efficiency defense. So if Duke needs to uh, feels like they cannot run the ball, needs to pass the ball, I like. Pitt being able to stop them that way as well. And I look at Duke in their, you know, 224 yards or 234 yards last week versus Virginia Tech. Just not that impressive considering Virginia Tech's struggles on the defensive side of the football and offensive side of the football uh, all around this season. So I like Pitt's defense, how they match up with Duke in this game, especially that defensive line. And I know Pitt is dealing with some injury concerns. That's what led to a lot of their struggles last week in that FCS matchup. But I'll still take a defensive dog uh, nine times out of ten in this matchup. I'll take Pitt plus the points over Duke. Yeah, if you're looking at Pitt, don't don't look at that score last week as indicative of uh, of how they uh, are, are performing right now. You know, they they rested Kenny Pickett last week. They rested their top two running backs. They they sat out two starting linebackers and a defensive back. And most of those guys, I think, are going to play this week. Pickett's practicing, and uh, it, he was su- a surprise scratch last week. So I, I know a couple of my friends in Pittsburgh said, well, this is the most Pitt thing ever. They're going to lose to uh, Delaware after n- upsetting UCF. Well, that they just had a lot of guys sitting out, and it was a huge flat spot for them. So, um, but other than that, if you look at how Pitt's done this year since their opener against Virginia – they dominated Ohio in the, in the uh, stat department, played Penn State right to the wire and upset UCF. So it's an impressive start to the season for Pitt, uh, looking like they're bouncing back well off that ACC Coastal title last year and are going to be in the mix again this year. Um, you mentioned that defensive line. It's been stout against the run, and their pass, their pass defense has been uh, pretty good too. And one of the reasons for that is their defensive line isn't just stopping the run, but they're also getting after the quarterback. They've got 24 sacks already this year, uh, despite missing two starters that have been out since the beginning of the season, basically, and uh, including their best pass rusher from last year, Rashad Weaver. So they're not giving quarterbacks a lot of time. Duke does have a really impressive run game. Uh, and really impressed with Quentin Harris so far this year. He's completing over 70% of his passes. But it helps when you're running the ball well because it sets up a lot of second and third and short. You're throwing in situations that are favorable to the quarterback. Well, Pitt's going to stop them from getting those chunk plays on first down and put them into some third and long. So now Quentin Harris is going to have to deal with some adversity I like Pitt's defense in this situation. It's probably the best Pitt defense that they've had under Narduzzi. Um, they're holding opponents to 125 yards per game below their average. And Narduzzi's excellent as an underdog. 20-13 and 13 as an underdog at Pitt. 13-6 and six as an away dog. Uh, Pitt owns this series. They've won the last four, including last year's game, where they had to come back at the end and uh, pull it out, scored nine points in the last five seconds. 
on the flip side, Duke 0 and 10 is a home favorite versus ACC foes. Lost seven of those outright. So as good as a coach, as good a coach, and as as much as I admire David Cutcliffe, he prefers that underdog role. Duke is much better when they're kind of the sleeping sleeping giant that no one expects to come and surprise you. When they're favored, they don't do well. But Pitt does do well when they're the underdog. And I'm going to go with the underdog again in this series. Uh, there's been four upsets in the last five years in this series, and I, I'm going to call for Pitt to pull another one. Yeah, I agree. I, not only do I like Pitt plus the points, I think Pitt can pull off the outright upset as well. So no doubt about that. All right, moving on down south, non-conference matchup here, Utah State at LSU. Utah State 3-1 and straight up and against the spread. LSU 4-0 and straight up, 3-1 and against the spread. You know, Chris, this line opened up. Uh, LSU was laying 24 and a half points. That line has jumped three points already. LSU is now laying 27 and a half. Makes me like Utah State even more in this game. Both these teams feature explosive offenses. Uh, we know Joe Burrow from LSU. I mean, he may be the most improved quarterback in the nation. But I'm going to tell you, Jordan Love, Utah State's quarterback, no slouch himself. I mean, this is a guy who is, has NFL talent, and NFL guys are salivating over him as well. So Utah State has their own NFL uh, caliber quarterback uh, on their own in their own right. And you know what? I'm thinking when you know looking at this game, Chris, you know, LSU, they've got Florida on deck. They're off a bye. They've been reading all their press clippings of how impressive they've looked so far this year and how impressive they've been this year. I think they may be a little lackadaisical. Utah State, they went on the road earlier this year. They've already proven that they can handle that uh, adversity. They went to a very good Wake. Not I mean, they're not let's not say Wake Forest is a great team and a playoff team or anything like that. But this is a solid Power 5 team. And uh, gave them all they could handle. So Utah State's already proven that this year. And the last thing, Chris, is the fact that, you know, Death Valley, it's a it's a great place. It's a tough place to play as a, as a road team coming in, especially a team like Utah State that doesn't come here very often. But the fact that this is an 11 a.m. start doesn't give Death Valley the type of, you know, the, the, the nighttime Death Valley feel that really is the intimidating factor on opposing teams. So the fact that this is a day game, 11 a.m. start, makes me like Utah State even more. I'm getting even more points now, 27 and a half. I'll gladly take Utah State plus the points in this one. LSU is going to win without a struggle, but Utah State will cover. Well, I, I definitely think that uh, you're getting some market correction on Utah State. I mean, on LSU, I'm sorry. Um, you know, everyone's seeing how they're blowing everybody out. They've covered their first four games. So now everyone's jumping on board the LSU bandwagon. And because of that, you're getting some real line value here with Utah State. A good team in a good situation for Utah State here. Everyone knows about the LSU offense. Like you said, Joe Burrow's looking like a Heisman candidate. Uh, they're putting up just prolific numbers, 564 yards per game. They brought in Joe Brady from the New Orleans Saints to revitalize their pass game, finally doing it after all these years of of hearing it's going to happen. It's really happened this year. But Utah State, no slouch on offense either, 533 yards per game. You mentioned Jordan Love. He has NFL size and talent. He's 6'4", 220, good arm. His numbers, like you said, aren't aren't fantastic this year. Part of that's because he has a a pretty much all-new cast around him. So, you know, the the touchdowns haven't come, but he's still completing 67%, and they're still putting up the yards. 
Utah State, 128 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing on average. That's good for 15th in the country. Uh, this is a game we're definitely going to be looking at the over because it's two really good offenses, and LSU has quite a few guys who are banged up on defense. Their entire defensive line has been banged up. Rashard Lawrence probably isn't playing. It's their best defensive lineman. Uh, with Florida on deck, even if those some of these guys do play, you're probably going to pull them early once you get a lead. And um, it's a huge look-ahead spot with backdoor potential with Jordan Love. And you mentioned that 11 a.m. start to this game. It's a non-conference game. You know, the, the, the fans won't be out in full force in the morning drinking those adult beverages, getting fired up for this game, and, and making it quite as intimidating an atmosphere as you're used to. So I think Utah State is getting way too many points in this game. I think they will keep it close for a while. It might score some late touchdowns, but I definitely see them staying probably within like a three-touchdown range, if anything. I, I definitely a lot, of, a lot more points than it should be. Yeah, yeah, we liked it already. We liked it at 24-and-a-half, let alone 27-and-a-half. So, yeah, take the points with Utah State in this one. All right, moving along to the Midwest, Big Ten country, Iowa at Michigan. Iowa is undefeated, 4-0 and straight up, 3-1 and against the spread. Michigan 3-1 and straight up, just 1-3 and against the spread. This line opened up. Michigan was a 5-and-a-half point favorite. That seemed like a little bit high to me. Uh, it got adjusted a little bit. It's bet, gotten bet down a couple of points. It is now Michigan still, though, laying over a field goal. They're up to uh, to three and a half point line right now, which uh, still uh, I, I like Iowa here. I mean, Michigan, they've got a new offense. They got uh, Josh Gaddis. They brought in him from uh, Alabama. He brought this uh, new offense that he named it, termed it speed in space. Michigan's been very slow to adapt to that. Um, Shea Patterson, the quarterback, has been banged up. They've been banged up at the running back position. And I need to see more out of that offense than just last week's coming out party against a Rutgers team that they blow out every single year anyway. So uh, I, 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 while I think that they improved some last week, I got to see it more so than just against uh, Rutgers. Iowa, I think they can, uh, they can really control the offensive line versus defensive line matchup in this game. Iowa's averaging over 200 yards per uh, per game rushing, over five yards per carry. Michigan's defense, not as good as they have been in years past. They allowed 359 yards two weeks ago against Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin is Jonathan Taylor, but still, Jonathan Taylor missed an entire quarter in that game as well, and Wisconsin didn't slow down one bit rushing the football in that one. So I like Michigan. Or I like the, uh, the the matchup between Iowa's offensive line versus Michigan's defensive line. And let me point out that I was uh, starting left tackle, Eric Jackson, who is a potential number one draft pick, uh, just like every other Iowa left tackle that comes through the reins there. Uh, he has been banged up. He's been out the last three weeks. He is set to return this week, which makes me, uh, again, another factor pointing in Iowa's direction. And lastly, Iowa's defense, Chris, just tremendous. They're holding opponents to 134 yards per game less than their average Iowa's won five out of the last six meetings without even needing the points they've won them straight up now they're getting three and a half points I'll take Iowa and I'll you know what I'll call for Iowa to pull off the outright upset and win for the sixth time in the last seven meetings over the Wolverines well for for whatever reason you know Jim Harbaugh he loves to beat on Rutgers same old Michigan struggle against their tougher opponents smoke Rutgers every year because they kill him every year. I don't know what Chris Ash did, ever did to Jim Harbaugh, but it finally cost him his job. Um, 
Wolverines not what they cracked up. They were cracked up to be coming into the season, only averaging 392 yards per game. We talked about you know LSU's offense. You know for for some reason every year they said uh, you know it's going to be new revamped offense, going to be fast, and you know finally it happened this year. But for years. It you know it it didn't happen and people started to just doubt it every year and it seems like the same things happened with Michigan because we heard about it in the preseason and it's just not looking like it right now. Uh, the running game's really struggling, only 131 yards per game, 3.5 yards per carry. That's a problem against Iowa because these guys shut the run down. Just 79 yards per game allowed, 3.5 yards per carry allowed. Um, and the other thing I like about Iowa is if you're going to pull an upset against a team in a big house like Michigan, you need a quarterback that takes care of the ball. Nate Stanley is that guy. No interceptions on the year. He's a veteran. He takes care of the ball really well. He, you know, Andy can pop you. You know, he is a good quarterback. Eight to zero ratio this year. Um, Hawkeyes are always underrated. I have a soft spot for uh, wrestlers. I was a college wrestler, so I was offensive line. All five of those guys, former call, uh, former state place winners in high school in wrestling. Uh, so I know they got some tough offensive linemen, which they always do. So I'll also call for the Hawkeyes to pull that outright upset this week in the big house. Keeping with the tune of Iowa, let's go to the Big 12 and look at this TCU at Iowa State game. And this is a very, very, very good game, an underrated game over this weekend uh, of college football action. TCU comes in at 3-1 and one straight up, 2-2 two and two against the spread. Iowa State, 2-2 two and two straight up, a pair of very close losses, including last week, and 2-2 two and two against the spread. Uh, line has pretty much stayed around the same. I mean, it opened up. Iowa State was, at, was laying 3.5. There's a couple places you may be able to find Iowa State laying only three. Uh, some places are still three and a half, though. So right around the same, uh, the same line there. But uh, man, I tell you, Chris, can you say defense, defense, defense? This game, TCU has held all four of their opponents to season lows in total yards. Iowa State has held both of their Power Five opponents to season lows uh, in yards. So I'd say this is probably going to be a low-scoring game. We talked about totals earlier with that LSU game, looking at the over. This is a game we're definitely going to be looking at the under uh, in this one. But, you know, looking at the two, the, two, the two quarterbacks in this game, you know, TCU just made up their mind regarding who their start, starting quarterback is. It's a true freshman, mind you. Iowa State counters with one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the land, Brock Purdy, completing 69% of his throws with an 8-2 to two ratio. He has three straight games of throwing for 325 or more yards as well. So Brock Purdy is tremendous. Got that pump fake Purdy action going, so you'll see him throwing the ball around, even though TCU does have the good defense. I mean, both teams do but uh, in order to move the football Iowa State's going to have to throw the ball and Brock Purdy is very very good at that and uh, lastly looking at this series matchup Chris uh, Iowa State you know they've covered three straight uh, in this uh, series and the home team has won four out of the last five including three straight so uh, looking at that it makes me like Iowa State even more I like the I like what TCU is doing this year but I think Iowa State they do very very well in the month of October under Matt Campbell and I think those close losses are going to have them uh, more prepared this week to be able to win this game by more than the three and a half. I'll take Iowa State laying the three and a half. I'd say they'll win this game by at least a touchdown. Well, I am a big fan of both coaches, you know, Gary Patterson and Matt Campbell. Excellent coaches in the Big 12. 
Um, Horn Frogs, you know, the typical suffocating defense, uh, holding opponents to 220 yards per game below their average. You know that unbelievable stat right there. That number one in the country in that stat. Uh, outstanding defense. But uh, you mentioned the the X factor for me, and that's the quarterback play. I've got a veteran quarterback who has shown he can win big games. He, he's won big, big, big 12 games year in, year out since he's been there. Um, on the flip side, you got a true freshman quarterback who admittedly has not thrown an interception so far, and that's, that's pretty impressive. But he's going against an experienced Iowa State secondary that's already been battle-tested. Um I think Iowa State forces it, uh, Duggan into some some turnovers, makes some mistakes, and he's making his first Big 12 road start. So I've got to go with the more experienced Iowa State quarterback. And I've also got to go with Matt Campbell. He's 18-9 against the spread in Big 12 play. TCU only 2-4 and four as a Big 12 underdog the last two, last two years. So, um, you know, Patterson's normally a, a, a good dog coach, but hasn't been for the last couple of years. So i got to go with Iowa State in this one. And Ames is a very underrated and tough place to play as well. So I do like, uh, that, you know, that factor as well in this one. Okay, let's go out west to the farm. Washington at Stanford. This is a Stanford team that has uh, been very disappointing to their backers and to their fans. Washington comes in 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread. Stanford just 2-3 and three straight up. Would not have thought that uh, coming into the season. 1-3-1 and one against the spread. Then uh, I, uh, the, the backers are, are leaning with Washington as well, Chris. I mean, uh, Washington opened up as a 14-point favorite uh, this week. It's up to 16-and-a-half now. So if you're taking Stanford and you're getting over two touchdowns here on the farm, man, that's a lot of points. Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello is, of course, questionable and uh it's questionable to doubtful for this game per head coach David Shaw with everything we've been reading. But let me tell you, this backup Davis Mills, he's played in four out of the five games this year. He's off a confidence-building outing last week and completed 72% of his throws versus Oregon State with a 3-0 ratio. So uh, despite Costello probably being out this week, Davis Mills getting that confidence level up. And, uh, you know, let's not forget David Shaw is just a heck of a coach there, and I'm sure he'll get him coached up. And you know what? I'm not sold on this Huskies offense, Chris, despite their their average of 38 points per game, which is a very, very impressive and a high number. But you know what? They only scored 19 points versus Cal, got the Pac-12 defense, and they were held only to 16 first downs last week versus uh, USC. And I would put Stanford's defense, while it's a little bit down from years prior, I still like their defense, especially at home. And I think that they're more... Uh, I would compare them more more comparable to the Cal and what USC was able to do to Washington than what Washington was able to do against their other opponents and why they're, they have uh, an average of 38 points per game. And uh, let's not forget, you know, Stanford D, again, I'm not comparing it to Cal or USC, but they did hold Oregon to 185 yards below their average in their last game, uh, last home game on the farm. That place is a tough place to play. Teams don't play as well on the road at Stanford. Stanford plays a lot better at home. Um, you know, this summer, whenever the lines come out over the summer, Chris, for all these crucial college games and big college games, this line was a pick. It was a pick this summer, and now all of a sudden you're going to tell me that Washington is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. No, thank you. I will gladly take Stanford plus the 16-and-a-half points in this one. 
Well, Washington is off that big win over USC. You you got to wonder if they're going to look at uh, you know look past Stanford a little bit because this isn't your typical Stanford team. Um, Huskies are plus 103 yards per game. You know they're they're playing well offensively, but uh, looking closer at Jacob Eason's numbers, you know the the former Georgia quarterback transferred after he lost the job to Jacob Fromm. Now he's at Washington. Um, to this point, he's he's posted some good numbers, but if you pull out the two Pac-12 performances, those numbers aren't so great. Uh, he's 34 for 56, and he hasn't topped 200 yards in a Pac-12 game yet. And he also hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in his two Pac-12 starts, zero to one ratio. So Stanford, the one thing they've done kind of well defensively is stop the run. They're holding their opponents to 126 rushing yards a game, 3.8 yards per carry. So if they can hold the running game down for Washington, force Jacob Eason to beat you, now you've got a game on your hands. And I think that Stanford can do that at home. So, you know, David Shaw has been an excellent underdog coach. It hasn't come to fruition this year. He's 0-3 as a dog right now this year. I think that this is the spot where you take him, though, because getting, you know, more than two touchdowns, now you're talking about you just need him to show up and, you know, put on a good performance against the team that in the years past they've they've played with. You know, they have the confidence. They know they, they can play with a team like Washington. So um, definitely going to lean with Stanford here. I, I wish they'd perform a little better last week against Oregon State in that three-point win, but uh, I, I like their defense in this matchup against Jacob Eason. All right, and now finally moving along to our special two-star out of the Power Sweep newsletter. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, you know, see USA action. Rice at UAB is the game we went with. Uh, we know Rice is 0-5 straight up. They are 3-2 and against the spread, and this is a team that has looked improved each and every week throughout the season despite their 0-5 start. UAB 3-1 and straight up, 2-2 two and against the spread. I mean, if you just take and look at last week's results, I mean, everybody would be like, oh, well, Rice is improving, and UAB just look, looks like, you know, they're they're not improving at all. But, you know, I, I, I we're going to look at more than just last week's results. And I think that may be why the line, Chris, it opened up at UAB was laying double digits in this one. It's down to UAB minus nine now. So I think we talked about line value earlier. You talked about it. I say there's some line value now in this UAB uh, Rice game because I think UAB should be a double digit favorite in this game. I mean, I look at uh, the, the main thing about this matchup here is Rice's offense versus UAB's defense. The Blazers have held their last two opponents to season lows in yards. Rice is averaging under 300 yards per game. Advantage, UAB. Uh, UAB, they've won the, the prior two meetings versus Rice by a combined 73 points. I think they match up very well against this Rice team. And again, uh, that, that that loss last week by UAB, I think, was a little bit misleading, which is leading this line to go down a little bit and uh, causing some value there for the UAB Blazers. So uh, put all those factors together. We had a two-star on UAB. That's why, and I like UAB. There's no reason uh, to not like them laying now even less. They're only laying nine points instead of double digits. Well, I do really respect the job Mike Bloomgren's doing. Uh, Former Stanford OC, uh, now at Rice. He's doing a good job. They've had close losses to Army, Baylor, and Louisiana Tech. Um, Looking at each of those losses, though, Army, they did a good job stopping the option. They do have a solid run D. So, uh, you know, the, the Army low possession game, and they kept it close. 
Uh, Baylor was in a flat spot, had one blowout after blowout to start the season. They were blowing Rice out early, let Rice hang around and come back, and Rice ended up losing that game by eight. Last week they take Louisiana Tech to overtime. Louisiana Tech, I'm not so sure how good they are. They they, they didn't look real impressive against uh, Bowling Green a few weeks ago. You know, only outgained them by 163 yards, which against Bowling Green is a much. Um, and they just haven't had real good performances. On the other side, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the the game last week for UAB. Lost that game against Western Kentucky. Outgained them, but uh, four interceptions was a killer from Tyler Johnston. But Tyler Johnston's not a guy that typically throws four interceptions. Uh, so I think that uh, UAB's offense is going to put out a better performance at home. Um Rice doesn't have much explosion in their offense. They're kind of a slow, methodical offense in the Stanford mold. They don't have big-time playmakers. And UAB does have some explosion. as Spencer Brown, uh, all-time career-leading rusher at UAB. And that uh, UAB defense is something to really look at. Hold uh, gave up 300 – I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> holding teams below average – and they've got the best run defense in CUSA, allowing just 80 rushing yards a game, 2.6 yards per carry, and uh, 15 sacks. Garrett Marino, their defensive tackle, absolute stud in the middle of that defense. So, you know, the, it's going to be tough for Rice to run the ball on UAB and uh, the, the UAB, the Rice quarterbacks, not real explosive in their own right. Tom Stewart and Wiley Green will both see action, and neither of those guys are big-time playmakers. And the other thing I love about UAB, Bill Clark, a master at home, 11-2 and against the spread since UAB's rebirth. So I like the defense. It's They're going to make uh, Stewart and Green uncomfortable. Rice won't score enough to stay in this game. I've got UAB by about 17 points. I definitely thought that line was low. Sorry about getting a little tongue twisted there, but I definitely think that uh, UAB's the play here. That's why we got the two-star. All right, and now, again, want to remind everybody, take advantage of these specials that we have going on this weekend. Again, that uh, top play trio as low as $99. That's our top-rated total selection on Saturday, our top-rated side selection, plus our top-rated NFL play. Uh, and uh, if you want to just take advantage of our totals, I mean, our totals are just have been tremendous for the last couple of seasons. This year alone, they're 13-6. and six. That top college total play is 26-6 and six over the last three years. Do it just to – not to – tout our own self but i mean we do a very 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 good job on those totals and you can get all of our star rated totals for just 49 dollars if you're a 2020 power sweep subscriber and you can get the 2020 power sweep if you have not signed up yet for just 69 dollars uh right now so make sure you take advantage of that the telephone number to call and get that special 1-800-654-3448 oh my colleague chris van dyne has another extra special for you what do you got in store for us and to our listeners, a special deal for our podcast listeners. Call in. We'll give you a $10 discount. All you got to do is give the code MMM, triple M, make more money. Call in. Give that code. We'll give you $10 off any late phone package. You want our totals? Take $10 off the totals. Now you're talking $39 for our totals that win every week. So that's a great deal. Knock $10 off. Tell us you listen to the podcast and give us that code MMM, triple M, and we'll give you that $10 deal. 
All right, for Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. This has been another edition of the Power Suite Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in and listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.